Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey always reigns supreme. Whether you were raised at the barn in Uniondale or born in the stable at Belmont, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, let's drop the puck and get this party started. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Nights in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, April 2nd, 2023. Coming at you live from Lost Farmer Brewing Company right here on Mineola, Long Island. Big show coming up for you tonight. A lot of fun. Obviously, we did a little pregame show here for the Islanders versus the Carolina Hurricanes. Very special guest, Sam Favor, Favor of UNH assistant coach, will be joining us. Also, USA Hockey alum. Joining me today is Mr. Chris Botta. My name is Sean Cuthbert. Chris... How are we doing, sir? How are you doing, Sean? I, mean, I wish people could appreciate the one-person show this really is. <laughs> set up, everything. And doing these live shows is amazing to watch you do it. Great job, buddy. I appreciate it. It's, it's a hustle, but it's a, it's a passion. It's a passion Hustle love, is a right? good word for it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes, indeed. So uh, welcome to Lost Farmer. Here for, uh, for a great time here for an Islanders. A very pivotal Islanders game here. Uh, they obviously dropped that 5 nothing game to, to Tampa yesterday. And, uh, you know, you got a couple teams catching up with them in the wild card race, and they're going to have to uh, put out a, night, a much better game against the Carolina Hurricanes. But before we do that, why don't we just thank all of our great, great sponsors, of course, including Lost Farmer Brewing Company. And uh, we're proud to be presented by Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, 217 Carlton Avenue, Indy Slice, and, of course, UBS Arena at Belmont. Check them out at bluelinedeli.com. Also proud to be sponsored by Lost Farmer Brewing Company, located right here at 63A Second Street in Mineola. Come on down. Try the stable shaker American Ale, and also very proud to be sponsored by Main Street Board Game Cafe in Huntington Village, located at 307 Main Street in Huntington. Huntington. A little bit more on them later. But Chris... Here we go. Like I said, dropped a rough one yesterday. Hammered. Five I mean, nothing. Do you think that today is a must win? Like I know that sounds absurd, right? It's like I guess it is, right? But I, I, I it's don't. tough to say. <laughs> like I don't, I don't think it's an absolute dire must win because look, I think they're getting in. I think they're gonna get in. But if they want that seven seed, tonight's as close to a must win as as you could say. That, yeah. For the yes, yeah. for the seventh seed, I would say then they have to win this one. One of the reasons why I'm not worried about the playoffs, part of it is that the teams behind them generally stink. By the way, Justin Bourne on our show two weeks ago, yeah. at a time when Florida was winning all the time, said he didn't believe in Florida, and I was kind of like, I don't know, is Justin paying attention? And then right. they proceeded to lose like their next three or four games. So sure. he saw something in there, maybe it was their lack of defense. One of the things is they host, the Islanders have a rematch against Tampa on Thursday at UBS. Yeah. And that's after they don't have any games between tonight and then. Barzell could be back, whether he's not or not. Tampa plays at the Garden the night before. Yes, this is a recurring theme with me on this show. <laughs> but when you're looking at a team that's been as, through as much as Tampa has, who's now solidified a playoff spot, and they're playing the night before. One of the things about Coach Cooper in Tampa is he knows when to put his foot on the pedal and right. when to take it off. And that game is going to mean a lot for the Islanders on Thursday and nothing, just about nothing for Tampa. So, And then the schedule gets easier. I get it. Right. Spoilers, flyer, Flyers, Montreal. Mm -hmm. They can be Another scary. Another one against Washington. But, yeah, Washington, Washington's... DOA, I hate to say it. Oh, that's um, yeah, like they don't want to play. They didn't want to play today against the Rangers. They're not going to want to play the Islanders again. Right. So 
you know, I don't mean to be overly optimistic, but I'm not concerned. But I agree with you. Great point. If you're looking at seventh, you want to win this one. Yeah, because you know what? The Islanders are getting a lot of help around the league recently, and uh, it finally kind of <laughs> ended up going the other it. way, yeah, yeah. right? Where the Penguins and the, and the Panthers both end up getting some big wins, and now all of a sudden, you know, the collar's a little tight, right? You have uh, Pittsburgh that's behind, what, four points now, I believe. You have Florida that's behind three. And, you know, I think Florida has a game tonight. Pittsburgh, I think, is off. But look, I mean, another another game or two, and then all of a sudden they're, they're right up, up there against the edge. So, I mean, it would behoove the Islanders to get a win tonight and uh, just kind of try to, you know, get themselves breathing a little easier so that we're not sweating. Because as, uh, as brought up uh, last week on the show was that uh, with Chris King, King actually. King is the best. Yeah. I, I heard that. I was dying because... You would think we would all know that. Sure. But actually only Kinger knew. Like only <laughs> right. Kinger. Kinger's always, he's got his books out. I mean, I worked with him. I hired him for one of his jobs. And I got the play-by-play job. And I'm, I'm so proud to see the announcer that he continues to be. He's become a legend, right? And But that's classic Kinger. He, he came on your show and drop something that I'm in the car and I'm like, oh, really? I didn't know that. That said, Buffalo will probably lose the game before those last two games uh, and and be out of it. That would be typical Buffalo. Go on. Yeah, I mean, look, Buffalo is not, I'm not even worried about, but I think Pittsburgh still has one more game the night after Mm -hmm. the Islanders close up. So... That could, that could be a little hairy if, if they don't take care of business before then. It, it it's always feels like the fix is in for Pittsburgh to somehow get in the playoffs. Like, they are losing all the time, and yet they're still hanging around. Like, it's been a, it's yeah. been a weird few weeks of scoreboard watching because, like, as you said so well, for the most part, all these teams are losing. Yeah. And the Islanders have played well. And then once they lose one, like they did last night, mm-hmm. it feels like, wait a second. Objects are closer than they yes. appear, or whatever that thing is, right? Yeah, I mean, within the last week, it was looking really good. <laughs> you know, like I could take the foot off the gas a little bit, everything will be all right. You, you come and you lose a five nothing game to Tampa, then all of a sudden they're 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 right in your rear view again. What's so. your take on what happened last night? <sighs> look, it's tough to. I mean, look, the, they they seem to. We've we've talked about this all season, right? Where. You know, anytime they seem to go on a little bit of a run, and, we're, and I'm using that word loosely, right? Because they only won two, what, two games in a row, Devils and Washington. Yeah, but if you shootout. look at the whole last four or six weeks without Barzal, that's a run. 100%. <laughs> I mean, they've basically been playing their best hockey this season. They picked yeah. the best time to do it. There's no doubt about it. But it seems like they always kind of sputter at some point, right? Like, they don't go on that extended, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten game winner point streak, right? They haven't done that at all this season. I think six was the longest winning streak they had all year. And they seem to always just kind of hit a bump in the road. And yesterday, Tampa was that bump. And, you know, Tampa got to clinch their playoff spot. Uh, they might still be vying for home ice, although it looks like Toronto's going to have it at mm-hmm. this point. But, you know, look, they're a tough team. The Islanders are very familiar with those guys. And, and it seems like defensively they just, they just need to – they still need to clean some things up. I think, you know, we're, we're seeing a lot of growing pain still. I don't know what Dobson back there on the defensive end. And, you know, he's certainly not the reason why they lost yesterday. But – Unfortunately, you know, we're, we're down to the final, you know, five or so games, and we're still talking about how Noah Dobson's struggling a little bit back there. I, I, I you know, I know this is mostly an audio show. We're on camera right now, but my eyes kind of went when you mentioned Dobson. So, uh, to full disclosure, I was working one of my other with my uh, one of my other non-hockey sports clients last night, so I didn't see the game. But one thing I saw was it was another night of the focus on Dobson. And that seemed a little troubling. I also spoke yeah. to somebody at the event that I was working last night who's a passionate Islander fan who's involved 
with the team in some capacity. I'm trying to keep it anonymous. And he's brought up Dobson and Mayfield and, and all the things that's going on. So they have a night like last night. It's okay. Carolina also played uh, last night as well. So this is an even matchup. Carolina, after losing Svechnikov and people starting to think, well, they're not going to be as good. They've played better lately. So I'm interested to see this one tonight. I'm looking forward to watching it at Lost Farmer. Yeah, no doubt about it. And just to talk a little bit about the week previous, I mean, a huge 5-1 to one win. I mean, that was a game they needed to kind of bounce back after that tough weekend that's kind of biting them in the ass a little bit now, mm-hmm. right, after dropping the games to Columbus and, and Buffalo. So that was a big game to come out, a 5-1 co- co- uh, convincing win against the New Jersey Devils. And they carry that over into Wednesday, and they get a just a Barry Trotz-esque, like, quintessential shutdown game Except against for the, the Capitals. <laughs> right, <laughs> of course. But look, everything that got them to the shootout, though, yes. I mean, it looked like we were watching Barry Trotz again behind the bench. I mean, they gave Washington nearly nothing, maybe up until, like, the last 10 minutes of the third period. But, I mean, there was nothing going on, and even on the Islanders' side for the most part. But they were very much frustrating, frustrating the Capitals in that game, and they shut it down, and, and hallelujah, they finally get a shootout win. The, the, that was a, one of the games unlike any that I could think of in a while where for 50-plus minutes it was, you know, boring, although but you're just looking <laughs> right. for the points, so you're okay with that this time of year. But then actually in regulation, the final minutes, like Panger was freaking out, Brendan I think was on play-by-play, mm-hmm. yep. uh, were, were dying. Like the, it, what happened was it went, they went to a four-on-four because four of offsetting penalties, right. and in Washington it was almost like Peter or somebody said, you know what, let's just, let's just go for it. So they, mm-hmm. everything was wide open, right. which then led into the overtime. Which, so that that whole, the overtime was thrilling. The last few minutes of uh, regulation was thrilling. And then the shootout was stunning because the Capitals <laughs> get the goal. Right. And you're thinking, here uh-huh. we go again. Mm-hmm. If, mm-hmm. if you had one of those DraftKing things where you could place your bet after they got that first shootout goal, right. like, I mean, come on. Nobody <laughs> would have predicted the next three things to happen. Uh, four things. Two saves by the Islanders, two goals by the Islanders. It was an incredible turnaround. So you're taking points wherever you can get them because you raise a great point. They drop a point in Columbus. The Buffalo game, not sure what happened there. So it's like they pay the price every time they lose one. And this is yeah. a team that's played admirably now for two months. Yeah, absolutely. But but look, uh, it's, it's encouraging to see them play that sort of hockey against the Devils, against Washington. They fall off the rails a little bit yesterday against Tampa. No question about that. But look, this is the kind of hockey you want to see the Islanders playing leading into the playoffs. So hopefully we see more of that tonight. Hopefully see more of that going into the final five or so games into the season. And hopefully they can ride that into the playoffs. And you also have a guy who, who was your hero last week in Kyle Palmieri having another great game against the really Jersey. Two goals there. And uh, he ends up being one of the heroes in the shootout, too. He scores. And Bo, Bo Horvath gets a goal past the goal, even though uh, it wasn't during regulation. But nice to see him kind of put one in. He was talking about that also in his interviews. How it was even nice to get that empty netter uh, against New Jersey on Monday. If you were to do like you know one of those feature stories and the days off before the start of what we believe will be a playoff series, and and you were going to do you know five reasons for hope for the Islanders to beat Carolina, beat Boston, or whatever. I get of course Sorokin would be one. I think Palmieri and his play would be number two uh, because he again there's something about his game that. Uh, can be frustrating at times, but also is very clutch. Uh, the speed he's going, he seems like he's like trying to make up for lost time here. It's really impressive, and it's it's one of the positives. By the way, like a night like tonight, 
is a night you would expect him to get a goal against the Carolina, kind of more of a wide-open game. Yeah, absolutely. And just to know quickly before we break here is just that line in general has been carrying this team for a while there. Brock Nelson, Pierre Engvall, another goal against New Jersey. Actually, he scored the lone goal against Washington as well. Yeah. So this guy, he's got 17 goals now. He's got a bunch ever since he came over. Still don't, not sure he's ever going to be a 30-goal scorer, but he's definitely been fitting in very nicely with the Islanders. He can end up being a big role player here for the playoffs. I was a skeptic, as you know, the first mm-hmm. week or two. He'd gotten a couple of goals. He'd also you know, been benched for a couple of spells there starting to make me a believer there comes a point where there's enough of a body of work to uh to impress you i'm really looking forward to the show by the way we've got two great guests sam faber's joining us yes u.s national team is a great islander fan knows their stuff a coach at the university of new hampshire and then stefano i've yet to meet or do a show with so really looking forward to that because i want to i i have a lot of thoughts about <laughs> lou's uh conversation that i know stefan was a part of and i want his thoughts and yours as well Absolutely. Well, I want to thank everybody for coming out and hanging with us down here in Lost Farmer Brewing Company in Mineola. And want to thank everybody who's tuning in live on twitch.tv slash HockeyNightNY and, of course, your favorite podcast providers. I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, Sam Faber will be joining us. We'll be right back. Hey, Islander fans. You already know Blue Line Deli and Bagels is the best place to get your game day meal. And now you can get it at the game. Blue Line Deli and Bagels is proud to be featured in the brand new UBS Arena for all Islander games and live events as an official partner of the New York Islanders. Blue Line is also moving beyond Belmont, opening its doors at 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip. So whether it's at the Islanders' new home, East Islip, or at the flagship deli at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, all three locations are eager to greet you with their familiar friendly service and the best food around. So stop on in for delicious Bagel Boss bagels, hearty breakfast favorites, tasty hockey-themed heroes, freshly made smoothies, and so much more. And remember, you can always check out the menu and order online at bluelinedeli.com. Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Our goal is to make you a hero. Thanks for giving some time to our sponsors. Ready to talk more aisles? The train rolls on right here on Hockey Night in New York. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The train does roll on right here on Hockey Night New York and at the great Lost Farmer Brewing Company here in Mineola. I want to thank everybody for coming down. I want to thank everybody for tuning in at twitch.tv slash Hockey Night NY. And joining us right now, Sam Faber. Sam, thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. How are you doing? Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate being here. Absolutely. Sam, uh, I've known you as a big-time Islander fan, Long Islander who became a member of the U.S. national team. Great player in the NWHL, coach. So I want to pick your brain. What do you think of of your Islanders this season and where things stand right now? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's been a little up and down. I'd like, you know, to be where the uh, Boston Bruins are right now, but that's okay. We're still fighting. You know, I think we're going to make it in and consistent, you know, scoring and and defense and goaltending. I think we're right there. So hopefully we got a good end to the next five games and we continue to, to rise to the playoffs. Put your coach's hat on for me. <laughs> the major coaching change, shocking at the time coaching change from Barry Trotz yes. to Lambert. Uh, when you watch them now, and obviously there's been a storyline through the year, through the season where they've done well and then they've struggled, but is there a uh, time where like, do you notice a change under Lane Lambert versus Trotz, or have they gone back to more of a Trot system in your in your uh, perspective? Yeah, I think I think at the beginning it was a little quicker pace, you know, than Trotz uh, had for sure. 
Um, but at the same time, I, I do feel like the last few games without Barzell, they've they've gone back to the little trots, you know, defensive structure. So hopefully we get flying and we get Barzy back uh, heading into the playoffs. But we'll have to see what happens. I love to hear you call him Barzy. That's <laughs> nice. You, you coach a team, you get to be a fan for another team. So it's probably a, a nice release, right? Yes. Um, and then what you know? What else about this team uh, stands out for you? Like when they're playing their best, when they lost Barzal, do you, does it sometimes does it force a team to start? You know, maybe I don't know. As a coach, I don't know if you actually say it. Hey, we've lost our best offensive weapon. We need to tighten things up. But in a way, do you think that maybe led Lambert to be and the coaches to be able to sell a system like, hey, we really got to buckle down here. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I think, you know, the loss of your best player, you know, the player that carries the puck most on your team, uh, you definitely have to change the way you play. Um, so absolutely, I think they had to go more defense without him. Um, I think, you know, Horvat obviously has struggled a little bit without Barzell. He's still getting his chances, but they're focusing, the defenses are focusing more on uh, Horvat right now, whereas Barzell's in the lineup, it kind of frees him up a little bit. So I've definitely seen a little bit of that. Hey, Sam, pleasure to have you on the show here. Thanks, Sean. So, you know, growing up on Long Island, you get into, uh, you have a great career in women's hockey. You've made the transition from, from playing to coaching. What was that like for you going from being a player on the ice to behind the bench? Yeah, it was tough. Um, I, I still miss playing to this day. It was definitely difficult, but, you know, I was a little kid and my dad would carry me into Islander games. He was a season ticket holder. Um, so I, I feel like I was a coach from, you know, the time I was two years old. So it's been <laughs> awesome, you know, trying to get the, uh, the young generation, you know, of women's hockey up to, up to par. But it's been pretty special. That's fantastic. And, and just talk about maybe the growth of women's hockey, you know, in North America, how it's uh, definitely getting more of a, there's more of a, a spotlight showing on it. And the NWHL has been growing. And, and now, uh, you know, it just seems like there's a lot more awareness for it. And it seems like, uh, you know, it's definitely heading in the right direction. Yeah, the growth has been incredible. You know, I, I joined the NWHL at the beginning. Um, and it was tough at first, you know, players were having to work three, four jobs yeah. just to play. Um, so now, like with the salary cap growing, the growth of women's hockey has been amazing. And, you know, as a college recruiter, just seeing like 10 year olds play compared to when I played, it's a huge difference. And it's pretty incredible. Who were the players, maybe uh, men and women, who inspired you? You know, growing up in Islander Fan, you're too young for my guys, like Bossy and, <laughs> and company. Uh, who were yours? And, uh, and also on the, the women's side as well. Yeah, for me, for the men's side, I'm a forward, but I loved Glenn Healy. I don't know what it was. There was I don't something, know either. something <laughs> about that guy I just loved. And then I became like a huge, like, Brad Isbister, you know, Ziggy Palfy <laughs> fan, like names from back in the day. But um, obviously my dad and my brother played and um, I kind of followed in their, their footsteps. Was it the Islanders, though, that inspired you to become a player or obviously just your love of the game or how did that come about? I, I think my dad played in college. He played at RIT. You know, my brother played through juniors, but definitely the Islanders were a huge reason why I, I played the game. Yeah, and forgive me for not knowing this, but there haven't been maybe Trevino I could think of. Like, have there been, there haven't been many Long Islanders who've been the U.S. program like you. No. Well, so what I'm saying is it's an incredible <laughs> achievement. You, I'm wow. sure you're all very proud of huh? Yeah, no, I appreciate that so much. Yeah, but who Dana else? Trevino, um, ah, it's tough. Lindsay Hansen was like on the border of mm. being there. I don't think she ever quite made it, um, but that's that's really kind of it. 
That says that says a yeah, lot. Thank you so much. And now we're we're here uh, today in part as uh, we decided we're gonna the raffles that Sean and the group do uh, go to a GoFundMe. It's been started for your brother, uh, who's been through a lot. Who's a great Islander fan, and I know he's your best friend. Uh, I've seen from the GoFundMe, and by the way, everybody should check out the Hockey Night in New York Twitter, Sam Faber's uh, Twitter. But just about the support that's come from uh, people of all walks of life, but from the hockey community, uh, as this has gone so well, because it looks like the GoFundMe goal is halfway there in the week since you posted it. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's been pretty amazing and overwhelming in the best possible way. You know, it's, it's really unbelievable what the hockey community has done for my brother, like, We've been through a lot, you know, like I lost my mom when I was 19, so my brother really has been, you know, my person and my biggest fan, and he's a huge Islander fan, so Matt, I love you so much, like this is for you, and they're going to make the playoffs, we'll be there. <laughs> That's awesome, love to hear that. And uh, look, I, you know, you, you, Chris asked me before you came on before, you know, like ask me what, what, I, what did I think happened in the game last night for the New York Islanders, right? They got, they got, they got wrecked by Tampa 5 nothing. And Major you know, analysis. Let's go. As, as both a player and a coach, you know, when you have a game like that, what, how, what's the best route for a team to regroup? You know, what, what's being said in the locker room when you have a tough game and you need to bounce back, especially in a, in a very important uh, point in time here where they're fighting for playoff positions i mean you're in a playoff push so what's being said is forget about what happened last night we got a huge game tomorrow which is tonight so you know they have to have a better effort against carolina i know they they did get a lot of shots last night i was traveling back from dallas so i didn't get to see most of the game but the reality is a couple bad bounces here or there vasilevsky played pretty good from what i heard and you know all we can do is move forward and they need a win tonight Yes, absolutely they do. And I know it's kind of pick your poison when you look at uh, the, the available teams, I, I suppose, when you talk about who they might be able to match up with. Obviously, have Boston if they slide down into the eighth seed. And then it looks like they might end up having a, somewhat of a choice, if you will, between New Jersey and Carolina if New Jersey is able to catch Carolina in these final games. Do you look at either one of those teams and say, yeah, I, I'd like to see the Islanders match up against one over the other? <laughs> it, it's a tough situation because, you know, I was at a Carolina Islanders playoff series a few years ago. I don't know the exact year. I think actually I was with you, I was Chris. Yeah, right in the suite at Barclays. <laughs> yeah, and they, they got crushed. Oh, yes. So I don't I don't necessarily want to play Carolina. <laughs> and with the Devils' inexperience, I think that goes a long way with the Islanders' experience. So even though they're a quick, young, fast team, like I'd rather play the Devils. Mm, interesting. And the other thing I want to add that we haven't mentioned about Sam is that. Uh, it was kind of historic. Long Island LIU started a women's program, and Sam was part of that first coaching staff. What was that like to be part of something so new like that? Yeah, that was uh, extremely special. Um, it took a lot for me to leave that position just because of how important Long Island is and women's hockey is to me. Um, obviously, my family lives here, so it was difficult, but when I got the call from, you know, my alma mater, UNH, I, I, I had to go. Like, it was tough, but, you know, I had to make that choice. Was it like kind of starting an expansion team? I remember <laughs> going, I went to either, like, the first game or might even been, like, an exhibition game at Iceworks, and uh, 
but then by the end of the year, you could see the team getting better and better. Yeah, the team has only grown because who doesn't want to be on Long Island when you're 20 minutes from New York City? Like, it's an easy sell, but... Or New Hampshire. <laughs> just, you, gotta, you still got to pitch New Hampshire. Yeah, no, for sure. No, they, they continue to grow. They're doing a great job. Um, it, it took a while to get players in. It happens, but it's similar to an expansion team, but just a, a tiny bit different. Oh, that's great. Thank you uh, so much for doing this. Please send our best to Matt. Thank you. you know, he's in our heart, and we know he's a great Islander fan. We're going to stay on top of this. You know, we know he's going to do great. So nice to see your folks here, yes. too, and your daddies. I, I learned something new, RIT. Yeah. yeah, hey, he was pretty good back in the day. I don't <laughs> Just, know. He I'm wasn't gonna, as good as me, though. I want to hear some <laughs> stories later on. Yeah, so. no, absolutely. Thank you, guys. Sam, thank you so much. Really appreciate thank you joining you so us. Much. Absolutely. All right, folks, that was Sam Faber joining us here on Hockey Night New York. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. We're going to take one more break. When we come back, familiar face Stefan Ross is going to sit in with us. So we got plenty more to go here at Hockey Night New York for the pregame show. Puck drop is at 6 o'clock. We'll be right back. Miss the days of mixtapes and arcades? Love the taste of a bold IPA or maybe an ice-cold lager? There's a place where all of those magical things come together. Lost Farmer Brewing Company. At 63A East 2nd Street in the heart of Mineola, Lost Farmer combines a love of the 80s and a passion for quality beer to create brews that can only be described as gnarly, radical, and totally tubular. The retro vibe of the tasting bar will amp up your nostalgia while the blend of both local and exotic ingredients amp up your taste buds. Beer not your thing? Crack open a can of cider or a sip of Chardonnay on the extended patio. Order up from the snack menu? You can even bring your own. If you're more of a homebody, pick up a growler to go or order online at LostFarmerBrewing.com. And for all of Long Island's hockey fans, Lost Farmer created the delicious Stable Shaker American Lager to celebrate the newly built UBS Arena at Belmont Park. Whether you're at the stable for a hockey game, concert, or a comedy show, you can find Stable Shaker by can and draft around the arena. So raise a cup to the next cup with Lost Farmer Brewery, the future of Long Island craft beer. Welcome back. We missed you too. Now kick up your feet and settle back in to Hockey Night in New York. That's right, folks. Welcome back to Lost Farmer Brewing Company here in Minneola, Long Island, hanging out here for Hockey Night in New York. And thanks a lot for tuning in live at twitch.tv slash Hockey Night NY. The train rolls on. We're talking New York Islanders as we get ready for puck drop at 6 o'clock. And before we get back into everything, for all you guys hanging out here at Lost Farmer, just want to let you know that we are raising money for a good cause here tonight. we got a 50-50 raffle going on. We have a pair of Islander tickets for them playing against the Montreal Canadiens at the end of the season. we got a Lost Farmer gift card, Lost Farmer merch, Hockey Night New York swag. Uh, all the information is on the uh, flyers that are spread around the bar, so please get involved. It's for a great cause. All, all proceeds will be donated to Matt Faber's GoFundMe page to benefit his family as he fights a severe lung infection in the ICU. So please get involved. There's some great prizes. So one more thing before we go, get back into the show here. I want to thank everybody for uh, hanging out here and remind you that we are proud to be sponsored by Main Street Board Game Cafe in Huntington Village on Long Island's North Shore. Games for sale and for open play. Food and drink, beer and wine, fun and friends. Bring the magic of phones down, eyes up, tabletop board games to your family. Our staff will help you find the right game for you from old favorites to the hottest new releases. We have everything from strategic to easy party games. Get off your screens and unplug your game for a night your family will remember. Looking for meetups to join? Our Magic the Gathering, Dungeons & Dragons, or Game Night Live communities are welcoming for all. We also do parties and corporate events located at 307 Main Street in Huntington Village. Go to mainstboardgamecafe.com for more information. 
Main Street Board Game Cafe. Find your crowd. Unplug your game. That was now. just an amazing read. I, I was... I don't know what was going on it's, there. That was amazing. It's a lot of words, but uh, I got through it. <laughs> very, <laughs> I got prou- very proud of you. And, and now I would like to welcome onto the show, uh, also co-host of the show, Mr. Stefan Rosner. How you doing, bud? I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> Glad you made it. Glad you made it. So listen, uh, I, know, I know Chris is chomping at the bit to talk about that Lou Lamarillo presser, presser from the other day, but uh, I did want to kind of have an updated conversation real quick on Matt Barzell. Uh, during that presser, we found out that he should have been skating either yesterday or today. I don't think we know if that's happened yet, but there was one question I wanted to ask you guys in relation to Matt Barzell's absence, and that is... You look at the way this team has played since he's gone down. Now, I'm never going to argue that they're a better team without him, but was Matt Barzell's injury almost an, a necessary evil for this team in the sense to to start playing that tighter defensive structured hockey that they have been playing since he's gone down, where it kind of got them together to, to start performing better, and, and, and when he comes back, he's only going to be a, another good addition to make them an, an even better team. Oh, I, I think so. I think it forced them to focus on the little things, the little details that had they had success in their trots doing that. And I think, again, with Barzal's creativity, he does a lot of the work, especially on the power play, which he definitely made him back for. But no, I think him being out forced this defense to be much more focused, do those little things, the forwards as well. But now when he comes back, if he comes back before the end of the season, he's got to work with what they're doing. You know, you don't want him to come in. I don't think it'll ruin any chemistry at all. I think Horvat really needs him. I spoke to Horvat the other day. He's very excited that Barzal is about to skate or is skating. But, um, yeah, I think it was a need because if Barzal stays in the lineup, who knows if, you know, they go back to those little details. Without him in the lineup, they had to simplify things. And that's worked. Since the All-Star break, they played much more structure. I was talking to Pellick. He said, you know, we're, obviously we're getting great seats with our goalies, but we're making the smarter plays. So I think, I think it's ne- definitely... Uh, not a positive he was out, but they found a way to work more as a team because, again, Barzal does a lot of the puck carrying, the passing, and I think without him, they really had to focus. Yeah, I wonder if they would have adjusted their game as much as they did if he didn't go down, and, and I guess we'll, we'll never essentially know, but it kind of looks that way, right, Chris? What do you think about that? Yeah, and I, the other thing I was going to ask Stefan, I wanted to ask him because he's in the room now and the rooms have now been opened up, but in this absence has... Anders Lee is a player that sometimes I wonder, oh man, where is this going with him? But then he has a game, or he has it a moment. And I noticed even after the game yesterday, he just came out and he said the second, I made me laugh, I love the, he said the second period was garbage yeah. or something like that. Uh, I was, from your perspective, what's the impact of Anders Lee on this current team? Oh, I mean, I think anyone that knocks him being a captain is just, it's a, it's a con comment Do because again, he's, I, I mean, I, not probably, fans. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot that don't want him on the team. Don't think he does enough. And you know, I think last year taught him a lot as a captain with what they went through. And I spoke to him before this during this year when they were struggling about how he's navigating as a captain. He talked about how how many leaders they have in this room. Even if you're Zach Preez, he said, you know, Preez is a quiet guy. He leads more on the ice. They have a lot of guys in this room where everyone can speak their mind. I think that helps. But you know, even if Leak doesn't go out there and has a good doesn't have a good game. He's always going to talk to the media more often than not. But, yeah, he's, he's been great. Even Barzal, too, before he got hurt, Barzal's matured. You could tell on the ice the way, but even in the room when he's talking after losses, which I don't think he really did in the, in the past. He's talking after losses. He took more of a leadership role. But, yeah, I think Lee's been fine. Again, one person can't really dictate everything. But I think that this whole group is able to bounce back or deal with the adversity of ha- losing a Barzal because there's so many veterans. You know, if it's such a young team, they lose a young player like Barzal, who know, like who's leading this team out of this? And I think Lambert helped. I think he doesn't get enough credit for helping them navigate this. Again, this is a first-year head coach. I know he's an assistant, but 
he has learning curves, things he has to deal with. And I think he realized through this, he has to rely on his leaders as well. And I think everyone helped Lee come together, figure out, okay, we know how we have to play to win without Barzal. They've done that more often than not. The starts have been much better as of late. Again, I don't think that has anything to do with Barzal being out. I think they just figured out that, okay, we, we really have to start better or we're going we're gonna to screw ourselves here. But um, no, I think, yeah, I think Lee's done a phenomenal job as captain. Even, even guys like Clutterbright that don't get enough credit. I know he wears an A. But the fact that he's willing to get back, work his tail off to come back, and maybe it took him a couple of games to get used to it, but everyone in the room says he brings a calming presence in the room. He plays the, he's the DJ in the room. You know, he talks. I mean, he's a really important guy. No question about it. And, and, and you know, I guess we can dive into that press availability now for Lula Murillo. I have and questions. I, I'm sure you do. Um, and it kind of came out of nowhere, right? I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know he was gonna, actually going to have any availability. And he has, what, like a basically a 10-minute you know, Q&A here, and, and he finally talks about, you know, obviously Matt Barzell potentially coming back. He talks about his own contract, which is pretty interesting as well. Well, he was but, asked, which is good. Yeah, yeah. So, Chris, so I, I know, again, I know you've been wanting to talk about it, so, so what are your questions here? Well, what do you got? you know, it's something I didn't even think about until you mentioned it. Like, they could just as well have had Lane Lambert finally just say he's resumed skating or right. put out a statement or yeah. something like that. So was there anything that you thought that might have inspired Lou to come out? Other than, by the way, I always appreciate a GM you know, coming out and answering yeah. questions, but do you know if there was anything that uh, inspired that in particular? Was it the guys, be, the writers being on the road and honoring that? Or what, what inspired Lou to talk yesterday, do you think? Well, Lou's really been great about if we asked for him, he talks, mm -hmm. and it got to the point where we said to you know, PR and stuff like, hey, you know, Lane's, we know Lane's not going to tell us. He's not going to tell us. And the players are hinting at it. We can't, oh, not, okay. They're not making bars all available. Can we talk to Lou? And, if, and you know, the PR has been great about it. Uh, yeah, Lou's going to talk Saturday morning. Um, and he gave us the answers we needed to know. I mean, every, I mean, I'm not saying the fans deserve to know about every injury. And I'm not one of those people that thinks that every injury should be divulged. Because, again, you don't want to give any opponent any advantage about anything. And I get that. Same with the starting goalie. But... Lou spoke when we, and he was asked, and he came out, no questions at all. He was great for the 10, 15 minutes he spoke, and he just provided the answers that we needed to hear. And, um, yeah, and yeah, so I think any, even if we didn't, he, Lou's spoken on the road a lot. Um, well, whether we asked or PR just says, hey, Lou's going to speak. Love that. So. I think it's great because, right, we're in a, an age where there aren't a lot of media traveling uh, for most of the sports. And if you're going to do it, do it when the guys in their media outlets are spending the money to there, as opposed to just showing up in Elmont, where no offense to the other 30, 40 people who might be around, they, you know, why should they get them too, right? No, it's, it's the people like yeah. you, like uh, The Athletic, like Newsday that cover regularly in the, in the Post. Yeah, that's for sure a major part of it. They want to reward us for being there. And, and we, we appreciate it as well, again, especially when, again, we know Lane's not going to say it. We're going to ask every day. <laughs> And I think it was smart for Lou to talk and that way say, listen, you could ask Lane every day. We're not going to give you any more of an answer. Here's the update we have. And again, if he skated yesterday or today, we don't know. We know that he did skate. We're going to assume, hopefully, that it did go well his first time on the ice. And they'll be back on practice ice. They'll be off Monday. But they'll probably practice Tuesday, and we'll see if Barzal's there. Again, he's not on IR. So the Islanders have a rule if a player's on IR, you can't talk to him. Again, we're not thinking that he's going to be available, but if he does skate with the team, he'll definitely be available. So hopefully we get to talk to him if he's there. So I have two or three things that were fascinating to me. I'll just start with one, and I'll throw it back to Sean. And two of them are low-key. So the first one is, I think about this last night while I'm in New Jersey working at other events. I was talking to somebody else. We were watching the clip of you guys talking to him. <laughs> Why would they say he's skating today or tomorrow. 
Like, what the bleep does that mean? <laughs> like, it, it already is today. What, like, what, I'm not, and by the way, this isn't major. Yeah. I'm just fascinated by the psyche here. Why, it, like, did he, was he skating yesterday? Or, or is that just a way of being vague? Like, what, what is behind that? They don't have ice available? They don't know if he's going to be a... <laughs> oh, they definitely have ice, probably, yeah. I mean, like, I don't... What, what is behind saying he's going to skate today or tomorrow? Because, by the way, thank you for joining us today, but if I'm there, I'm now, and maybe they have, if I've missed it, forgive me, but I imagine Kevin and Andrew and Ethan are saying, okay, did he skate yesterday? Did he skate today? So Yeah, I know he wasn't asked today. They said, you know, listen, Lou spoke about it yesterday. Let's not bombard Lane. That's, that's what happened, and I understand that. Um... I think for the fact that practices are closed, but you know they post the video to social media. Fans maybe want to see if he's there or not. If you give, if you say, "Hey, he's skating Sunday morning," people might show up. So I think that people have a lot of things to do on the weekends. They don't want people camping out to catch bars all there. They're not going to be able to see him on the ice. They might see him walk in, but he's been around the facility. We saw him at a practice. Baggy sweatpants, probably intentional. We couldn't tell if there was a brace or anything there. Mm. Watching practice, and then after we reported that he was there watching, we never saw him again. But, yeah, I think the fact is, is just Lou wants to be vague. And again, whether it's yesterday or today, the, the, the fact of the matter is that he is skating, which he hasn't done yet. So, yeah, I think it's just, it's always secretive with Lou. Yeah, it is a little strange. Like, I, you know, you always wonder what, what is the motivation behind being so vague on it, right? Because Lou has to know whether he was skating yesterday oh, Lou, or today, right? Lou knows. I mean, so, yeah. <laughs> but Lou like, knows. But, like, in the grand scheme, like, you know, what does that help? What, what, what's... what's the point of keeping that shrouded in mystery i just don't understand that like if he's if he's not gonna if he's taking today off and skating tomorrow just say he's skating tomorrow you know or or, or even be you can even be more vague and just say he's gonna skate soon you know i well, mean they've been, they've been saying that he's close so but we don't even know what that means no, that's what i'm saying we so have no matter. idea what close means and 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 it's been like these mixed signals where lane hasn't been willing to say anything uh, pretty much up until this point other than we, we we look forward to hopefully getting him back before the end of the season and then you have the players in the locker room like you and i were talking about last week how yeah we're just glad to know that he's going to be back oh is he are you sure <laughs> you know? i mean i don't think the players the players obviously know a lot more than we and i was talking in the locker room when they said that he would be skating and i said i know I started my questions to each person. I said, I know you already know this, but we just found yeah. out. Because they, they are very close. Even Horvat, Horvat said that, you know, we really we text everyone every day. Like, they know what's happening. They know everything that Barzal is doing. They, Wallstrom, is, well, I talked to Lee about Wallstrom, and, you know, it's, they're a close group. They know what's happening. I think, you know, once, Paz, once Nelson said something to Kevin Chris, the athletic, and then Pajot said something during his uh, pregame presser a couple of days ago, I think that pushed Lou to be like, okay. If the players are hitting at it, I, I have to make a statement just because it's a bad look. If the players are talking about him coming back and we're not, Lane's not saying a word. But, yeah, there's – I don't know. Um, Lou does the things the way he wants to, and people just have to respect well, that, whether they like it or not. Well, that's for sure. And, Chris, you said you had something else in regards yeah, to that. I, and the other thing I want to throw in, somebody mentioned me in the last week, again, somebody around the team, that I'd never heard before uh, in explaining Lou saying he's an athletic director. This goes back to his time mm -hmm. in Providence with mm -hmm. Rick Pitino and rules and NCAA and his own philosophies and the same rules that he had there. He just decided, I'm going to bring them here, and that's why they don't change. And I will say, and forgive me if people have written that before, but it was the first time I knew he was an athletic director. I know his whole history, of course, but I, didn't, I hadn't really thought about it that way. So I'm just throwing that out there. It's the whole athletic director uh, background. Did you ask the question about fashion? Yeah. So... I thought, talk about low-key, 
Uh -huh. I, I thought that was the most revelatory part. And this is why, and yes, this is my fascination with press conferences and being used to having Kimber's job and that kind of thing. <laughs> so you ask him about fashion. Now, I remember when Lou won GM of the year, I'll try to be brief. Which year? I, I, one of the years. <laughs> I thought it was, I, I was real. I loved, he did some sort of like thank you. And he thanked Joanne Hollow and he thanked different people in the organization. It was nice to hear. However, in all the other years, I've never heard when he's been asked a question about a player. What do you think of Bulldog? What do you think of this? Where he went out of his way and said, well, you know, we really got to give a lot of credit to this scout, to Gary Gwider, to the mm. Quebec League scout, to Eric Cairns, to the player development guys. You ask him about Hudson Fashing, and he says, and I get it, it's his son. I have three sons, right? He's proud. And, <laughs> but, but if anybody wants to think that Chris Morello is not a leading contender to someday in 10 years replace Lou, succeed Lou, sometime Ten. in the next 10 years, yes. Um, <laughs> wow. That, that you, you got it because... Did you have to be sorry, Sean? But he said, "Yeah, he you're just, gonna have well, to." Well, you, you, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. He uh -huh. struck Chris Lamarello about that. He's the guy who went to bat for him. I'm paraphrasing. He's the guy right. who said he could be a depth player and maybe more. So I know that's not a really a question, but your take on that stuff? Yeah, I was stunned. Um, <laughs> not that he gave credit away, just the fact that he didn't take any credit at all. Which again, yeah. I I know again, Lou does things the way he wants to, but I kind of believed him that Chris really, you know, really sure focused on it. Again, as an AHL player, yeah, for his whole entire career i mean lamarillo does you know he travels a little bit but he's an ahl general manager and his job is to look and find guys and i think originally you know they could say what they want i think originally fashion was brought in because there was so much young talent coming to bridgeport mm -hmm. fashion was a captain with the roadrunners okay. tucson roadrunners um so i think that they wanted more leadership and i think you know lane spoke about it a couple of days ago and someone i think it was andrew gross asked you know, what did you see? Did you see that fashion could be a, a difference maker for you guys in training camp? Or was he noticeable? And Lane said he was definitely noticeable. I didn't know how he would help our team, but I knew that he could be of service. And I mean, fashion's got to be one of the better stories in hockey this year, especially I talked to the other day. I don't know if you guys heard about it, just his siblings. Um, I was talking to him. I said, yeah. you know, how do you feel like you've made it? And he goes, I'm just grateful I'm not in a wheelchair. <laughs> and I didn't know the story. And right. It's probably my fault for not knowing enough about him. Sure. Um, again, when he got signed, we were like, Who, who's fashion? Who is this guy? Yeah. Um, but his siblings, younger, are both in wheelchairs, can't talk or walk. And, and um, it's, it's, it's sad. But again, they don't look at it like that. Um, that, you know, he just says it's a privilege to get up and be able to walk every day. His siblings inspire him. And just everything about this guy, from when he first got called up, head down, hard worker, he just, that's how he is every day he lives. And it's, and it's awesome to see him. He's an inspiring person to talk to. Again, it's a guy that went to seven training camps, got cut six times. I mean, now he's, now he's not only is he an NHL player, you cannot take him out of the lineup. And right. now he's playing. Lane looked at fashion and said, okay, he could get Horvat going. Just think about that. This guy is not an <laughs> right. NHL player right. until this year, on the first 27. Line, yeah. And now he's trying to get an all-star going. Like, that's how much faith. And first Shawnee off, he was all over fashion early on. I give him credit. He's on this show when I do it, he's known as Shawnee's guy. Yeah, no. And, and <laughs> I right. talk to him as much as that's I can right. just because he's he's a great person to talk to. He sees it from a different point of view. Again, he's been through a lot. I mean, I don't know if I could say after six, seven years of being cut, 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 <laughs> that I would keep going. And right. he's done it. That and again, I think it comes back to he realizes how lucky he is, again, with right. the genetics that happened with his, and his family. Yeah. Like, he looks at it as, I have to do that. 
I have the ability to do this. I'm not quitting. My, my siblings don't quit every day. Like, I'm not going to do that. And I think it's remarkable. No, it's it's an amazing story. And, and I do think you're right to your point. When when they probably were, were scouting him, taking a look at him, and deciding whether or not they wanted to bring him into the organization, it was it was for the purpose of being an AHL player, for yeah. playing for the Bridgeport Islanders. And as, as the season goes, guys get hurt, and opportunities, you know, end up happening. He gets his, and... He has uh, certainly seized it, and he's he's been a, a revelation for this team. And you know, he's a guy. I have a buddy of mine who, when, whenever he has a good game, which is almost every night now, he's like, "Why haven't they signed this guy yet? Why haven't well, they extended him yet?" We don't know yet? if he's signed the guy yet. <laughs> right. I talked. I talked to him, and I said, "You know, maybe a softball like question." Blanket me if you've signed. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "You know, would you be willing?" And again, I knew the answer. And he, uh, would you be willing to sign an extension? He goes, hundred percent." Of and course. Again, I think he'll get one. How much will it be? I hope. Hopefully, for his sake, he'll get. A million at least. You know, he's making, I think, the minimum right now. So mm-hmm. um, for him, again, I was talking to you. Uh, so, a lot of people on social media, when I posted the story about his siblings, asked, is there a charity? And, he, and he, yeah. he was honest. And he said, listen, I have not had the funds to start a charity. Mm-hmm. And, 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 he was, and I was like, dude, I completely get it. And he gave us two charities, I think, um, Make-A-Wish. He said, obviously, mm-hmm. my siblings didn't ask for a wish, but they didn't make a wish for them. And also... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Children's Hospital of Minnesota. So again, just an awesome, down-to-earth guy. But he definitely deserves a deal. And again, Lou has some. Uh, he has decisions to make this offseason. You have yeah. a lot of. Again, they have a they have a good issue in the fact that they have a lot of bottom six guys. Again, they need more top six guys. You would have hoped that Holmstrom would provide more offense. But again, right now, Fashion is a guy that, especially if if they make the playoffs, and we'll see what he does in the playoffs. I mean, he's got. He's either going to be. He's either got to be your third line winger or your fourth line winger. Again, we'll see what happens with Clutterbuck. I wouldn't be shocked. If Clutterbuck says, you know what, I made my way back this year. Again, he has a year left. I don't, I don't want to see him retire again. This is a guy that's a battler, but we'll see what happens. Engvall, too, needs, probably needs a contract with the way he's playing. Yeah. Six-five guy that could skate. Yeah. Uh, a lot of things to be made, but one of them that should be easy is fashing on an extension. Well, Chris, was there anything else you wanted to touch on in that presser? Or, uh... I mean, obviously, it was fascinating when Lou was asked about his contract, and I tweeted about it, and, and I know I'm not the only one of you, too, that he probably has a different kind of agreement with Malkin. I'll actually just ask you, because Lou says he doesn't want, and I wouldn't put you in this position, he, he wants people to report yep. what they know, what they learn. So I'm actually just going to, for the record, if any Islander people are hearing this, I'm just asking your opinion. Do you think that Lou Lamorello will be the general manager of the Islanders next season? Uh, I think 100%, especially if they make the playoffs. Now, I don't know. Again, you look at people People say, like, you know, Lou's got to go, that whole thing. He got <laughs> Every day, <laughs> different than him going. No, yeah, right? no, for sure. But you look at this season as a whole. Maybe he didn't make enough moves in the offseason. Maybe he put too much trust in the group last year, thinking last year was a one-off. But you're seeing this year, Palmieri's bounced back. Since he's back, Parise's been... I mean, 20 goals. This, this, yeah. No one expected that. Right. Um, Romanov, it took him a little bit, but Romanov figured it out. I and mean, he might be a, you know, he might have a higher per, you know, um, ceiling right now than Dobson defensively, especially with, you know, Dobson hasn't been great defensively. And Romanov, again, 22 years old. It locked, you know, he, he got that done. He brings in Engvall when Barzal goes down to get the speed. Yes, do they need another puck-moving defenseman? Could they have got another forward? Sure, but if this team makes the playoffs, I mean, he went in and, and tried to help this team, and I think if they do make the playoffs with what went wrong, again, you lost Pellick too. I don't think he's done a bad job this year. And again, I don't know. You look at, again, this offseason where there's guys that could have gotten and he missed out on whatever happened with those things that happened. Mm. But I don't look at this season where it's, it's loose fault with what's gone on. Again, it's his job to make that team better, and I think when he realized the team needed help, he got the help. Now, it's not his fault. Again, no one wants to ever blame players, and I'm not saying Horvath's not a good player, 
But it gets to a point where you do have to look at the players. Okay, Horvat's done everything that he can to help this team win besides score. But he did come here to score goals. And with Barzal out, they kind of need him to step up a little more. He hasn't. They've been fortunate. Like, what happens if Engvall is not brought in and that whole second line doesn't get going? I mean, again, Horvat saved, I think Horvat saved the season just with the way he took over Pajot's role when Pajot was out, face-offs, key power play penalty kill minutes. But at the same time, you need top guys to step up. And I think Horvat will be fine when Barzal comes back. Horvat's in a rut. I mean, remember Palm, they got Palmieri, and Palmieri did nothing before the playoffs. So it's not a the complete similar situation there. But I do think at, at some point, you got to look at the players that are brought here to score goals. And if they're not doing that, I mean, same thing with the coach. They're the ones playing. So at some point, you got to take the blame away from general manager who brought the player in and look at the player. Again, Horvat's a great player. He'll figure it out. I think he'll be absolutely fine. But again, I don't think he's done a bad job. Well said, Stefan. Look, it, you gotta you gotta spread it around, right? I mean, it, it starts with the players, and but the coaches, the coaching staff, the general manager. Like he obviously has to, you know, get his job done and make sure he's filling in the right spots. And I think he made some good points. I think he brought in some guys that, you know, definitely contributing to this team. Engvall, Engvall's playing great. Fashion's playing great. Did anybody expect it at a at a fashion? Probably not. Well, but, fashion but wasn't Lou. Remember. <laughs> right, right. It was Chris. My mistake. All in the, the staff. Family. The staff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The staff. Hey, question for you, Sean. Yeah. With the proprietor in the building, do you feel more pressure to do the hero of the week? Like, is well, it I mean, it doesn't even look like the guy's paying attention. But I guess, uh, <laughs> I guess, since he does sponsor the segment, we should get into it. But uh, yeah, we be here with your guy. There's more staff members to this show here than that I've ever seen. None of them are working, but there's more, there's <laughs> at least, more colleagues. At least here. they made it out, though. It's good to see their faces. But, uh, yeah, we are running up against the clock a little bit. we got puck drop coming up in less than 10 minutes. So I think we're going to go forego what's on tap. We know, you know, you look at the schedule, you know what's coming up here. you got a big game tonight. you got uh, you got Thursday. you got Tampa coming in. Then Saturday, you got Philadelphia. Look, they got to take care of business, you know what I mean? But um, let's, uh, let's get into the hero of the week right now, and uh, we'll keep things going on. All right, folks, when you hear this song, that means it's time for the Hero of the Week, brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels Half Price Hero, which this week is The Godfather, featuring Cappy Ham, Genoa Salami, Pepperoni, Provolone, Lettuce and Tomato, Oil and Vinegar, on a Hero Stop on In to the Huntington Blue Line Deli and Bagels location. Mention Hockey Night New York and get half off The Godfather. So with that out of the way, I think I'm going to start with the hero of the week. And I'm gonna say, listen, this guy, won it was Chris's hero last week. He had another great game against the New Jersey Devils on Monday. He had a big shootout goal on Wednesday against the Caps. And I am going with Kyle Palmieri. He is my hero of the week. Gentlemen, would you like to chime in? I'm trying to think. I just want to say first before we go that lines are out. Bailey's back okay. in for is Holmstrom. Is that right? You have Lee Horvat fashion, okay. Engvall, Nelson, Palmieri. Parise, Pajot, Bailey, Martinsnik is Clutterbuck, and then we got bad news on the back end. Romanov is not playing. So he got really? hurt, shoulder injury yesterday mm. in the second with the scrummies on the bottom of the pile with Perry. He came back for the third. He is not playing tonight. Sebastian Ayo is back in. Oh, wow. Ajo skates with Pulak. Bolduc stays in with Dobson, and Pelik stays in with Mayfield, and Ilya Sorokin does start. But is Romanov okay. listed as injured, or is he uh, just out with Ajo? I just see the lines right now. I don't know if he was listed. Right. It's possible that they're just, well, I'm sure he's banged up. Yeah. You know? Uh, very he has, interesting. Yeah, nothing with injuries yet. Again, Romanov might just be precautionary. I, his arm got twisted around. I was shocked he came back last night just for the fact that, I mean, the game was over. Mm -hmm. I think at that point you just keep him out. Maybe he wanted to test it and go back in, but... 
I guess we'll find out after the game what, what was up with that. But we need you to pick a hero because I deferred this week because I did Palmieri <laughs> last week. I, I would say Sorokin. Okay. Um, I would okay. say Ethan Sears for asking that question yeah, yesterday. No, credit to Ethan. I mean, Ethan always asks those questions, and afterwards, you know, whether whatever he gets back as an answer, he goes, it had to be asked. Like, that's, that's how it works. So, you know what? Well, Ethan an, Sears. When Andrew asked Varlamov, he said, yeah, we should do a graphic. And when Andrew asked the Varlamov thing, and he said, and I've known Andrew forever, and he said, I was just curious. And I'm like, oh, I, I thought we asked for <laughs> Just curious, Lou, but why? I thought that was great. Yeah, I mean, actually, no, Chris Lamarillo, I guess, is the hero of the week for there bringing fashion in right, because fashion's fashion. in it, yeah. I, I don't have an image ready for uh, Chris <laughs> Lamarillo or, yeah, or uh, Ilya Sorokin, but uh, we're just going to throw <laughs> switch that switch the other one get that out of here. He's so, not yeah, challenged an honorary, here, honorary hero, Matt Martin, but uh, look, I'm going with Kyle Palmieri because, uh, once again, he factored in big time this week, uh, the couple of goals against the Devils, and uh, obviously the shootout goal, which ended up being a huge point for the New York Islanders. So there you have it, folks. The Hero of the Week, brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels, Half Price Hero, which this week is the Godfather. Stop in to the Huntington location of Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Mention Hockey Night in New York and get half off the Godfather. So, Are there uh, any questions brewing? What are we doing? We're going to ask each other questions. So this has been trouble with the chat here on Twitch, so we're actually just going to go into questions brewing, and nice. we're just going to chat amongst ourselves. I like that you get to you know, see the questions. So. <laughs> yes, well, like I said, uh, we're, we're actually going to... What's gonna it been like on the beat? I'm always interested in this. I don't know if it's probably something you talk about it's when I'm not here, but what's brewing. Brewing. how would you say Lots your experience you, on the beat would be with your yeah. colleagues, your peers, the team, the whole thing? Oh, it's, it's incredible. It's a pincher self moment kind of every day you walk into it. and again hopefully it never changes i know there's probably people that have been around for 20 30 years that get at some point it gets tiring uh, not for me um but uh the people think that we all compete whether andrew kevin ethan coverage wise we all go out to eat together we're always talking together always helping each other out it's like a little family which makes you know being on the road so fun you know it's that again it's like being on a team with anything else where you get you know the games are fun for sure but it's the bonding that's the best part and Andrew's always got some crazy story to tell. Kevin, too. And it's just, it's incredibly humbling and awesome, just the support I've got. And really, it's, I never would have thought I made my account three years ago. I was like, you know what? I want to cover the honors, what I want to do. I never would have thought this would have, like, this is where I'd be at this point. And just keep working hard. But everyone that supports me, I mean, I can't thank them enough. And how's the response been from the move over? It was oh. a great move. I, I know the... Some of the stuff about hockey now, I won't get too into it. We could do it off the air, but I do think hockey news is great, too. Uh, but it's a different model, too. How's that all worked out, and how's the fan response been? Uh, it's been incredible. I mean, again, support from day one. Getting the opportunity to work with Stan Fisher was something I really mm -hmm. couldn't pass up. Obviously, there's financial stuff involved, too, which worked out as well. But, you know, getting to learn from him and see the way he operates and be a tag team with him, me being on the beat, him doing columns, reactions... That fun stuff, it's really cool, and, and we're doing, we have a lot of stuff in the works to be a one-stop shop. Again, none of this stuff is subscription-based, so it's free for everyone, nice. which does help a lot. And um, yeah, it's been it's tremendous. It's only been a couple of weeks here, not even, it'll be two weeks on Tuesday, and it's been, it's been a blast. I'm doing pretty much the same stuff, but again, a bigger outlet, which is really cool. The Hockey News has been around forever. There was things that did happen that, again, we'll talk about off-air, but I thought for me this was a great opportunity for me to learn more and just continue to work my way up, and it's been awesome. It's got to be a historic age gap between <laughs> colleagues on a job of any, <laughs> yeah. you know, That's politics, news, whatever. Yeah. 
you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, almost, a, a just under 70 year gap. I'm gonna guess. Yeah, I mean, he's 91. I'm, I'm 25, <laughs> and he's still, he's a young buck. I mean, oh, yes, I mean, he's I don't talk to him on the phone really. I don't talk on the phone really because he has got an Israeli number. It's complicated. Mm-hmm. Sure. But um, if I email him within five minutes, he'll respond. Now it's a six-hour time difference. Okay. So I usually get an email at like three o'clock in the morning with his reaction, which is fine. Maybe I might be up. Who knows? But um, it's awesome because I mean, he's been every time I do something that he likes, he'll send me an email being like, "This was awesome, great." I comment. It's one thing, you know. One thing I needed, you know, is having someone like that saying you're doing a great job. You know, that, I'm not going to say that wasn't the case, but there's some times where you get beaten down. And you, I mean, not, I'm not tapping myself on the back. Everyone's got to work hard in this industry. But when you work your tail off and you get negative stuff all the time, mm. it takes a toll. So the fact that from day one, um, when I came in, the hockey news and Stan have been nothing but supportive. Yeah, they'll cr- criticize, which I need. You want that. But the fact that it's more so much positive about, hey, we like what we did here. Maybe you could do something else. That's been the best part because that's something everyone needs uh, once in a while at least. Well, one last question before we wrap up real quick. Stefan, Chris, yeah. I'll toss this to you guys. Now, what do you, what do you make of the, the decision of the Islanders? You have to figure they pulled Sorokin yesterday yep. because they were down a few goals. Like, all right, this one's not looking so good. So we're pulling them so that they can start it tonight. Do you like that move or, you know, it's a little dicey with the back-to-back against another tough team? So I think this show is Lane learning a little bit. You had the L.A. game when they um, kept stroking in. Mm-hmm. And that game got, it was similar really to last night's game. And they had a back-to-back in the same state really close by in Anaheim. But Lane left Sorokin in um, in a game that they lost. And then he went, to, uh, he went to Sorokin again on short rest. You saw last night how it was happening. Sorokin was coming out. Now, again, they are traveling. I think that certainly played a part. You're not staying in the same state. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, you got to win these games. And as good as Varlamov has been, and he, he was good in relief yesterday, and he's been good, um, Sorokin has the ability to steal you games. And this is a Hurricanes team that's on a second of a back-to-back. Right. Yes, maybe people are saying, you know, you don't want to show him against the Hurricanes. Could be a first-round matchup. And <laughs> Lane could say all he wants is he's not looking ahead. Right. But in this case, I think, hey, we didn't get the points we wanted yesterday. We're also on a second or back-to-back. We need a goalie in there that's going to, you know, he, again, steal you a game, and they're hoping that Sorokin... Again, I, you look at the goals yesterday. I don't think any of them... You could, none of them you could play on Sorokin. And yes, I'm biased because I am a goalie. <laughs> but I, you watch the replays. I don't... Maybe the breakaway was a little deep, but that's a breakaway. That's not... You know, you're not expecting him to stop everyone. He stops most of them. So I think it was a smart move by Lane to give him that extra rest. And I, I think... Listen, I think he really well... Very well could have played, even if he finished the game yesterday. So... Smart move, Mike. The only thing I'll add to that, and this is very unscientific, but this season, I don't mean to blow too much smoke up Lane or Lou or anybody else's uh, rear, but if there have been maybe five or six times where you'd say, well, I'm surprised they went that way with the goalie, the goalie wound up delivering for him all year. There were a couple of times where I know I said to myself, wow, I'm surprised they went back with Sorokin, and then Sorokin stood on his head. So their batting average on this is pretty good. I'm surprised by the decision. I got no problem with it, but I thought they'd go with Farlama. Uh, but their batting average on this one with their goalie coaches, who, you know, their work has uh, spoken for itself the last four or five years. So uh, we'll see how this one turns out. I think they're 8-4-1 and one on second legs of back-to-back, too. So they play better on the second leg. And again, Carolina's also on the second leg. So we'll see how that goes. And, and if he's starting this one, he's starting Thursday. And then he's absolutely. probably starting Saturday. Hey, so. look, it's time to pick up points. But we're running out of time here because the game's about to start. So I want to okay. thank everybody for hanging out with us here 
at Lost Farmer Brewing Company in Mineola. I want to thank anybody for that was tuning in at twitch.tv slash hockey.ny. And of course, all you folks listening on your favorite podcast providers later on. I want to send a huge thanks out to Sam Favor for coming out here, joining us here on the show. Great stuff here. Stefan for showing up. And of course, Mr. Chris Bott. I want to send out a big thanks to our sponsors, starting out with Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, an official partner of the New York Islanders and the best deli around. A huge thanks to Lost Farmer Brewing Company, located right here at 63A 2nd Street in Mineola. Huge thanks for hosting us tonight. Always a pleasure to be here. Check them out at lostfarmerbrewing.com. And a big thanks to Main Street Board Game Cafe, located at 307 Main Street in Huntington Village. Check them out at Main ST Board Game Cafe. If you enjoyed the show here, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast providers and YouTube and Twitch. Tell your friends. Spread the word. Follow Chris Botta at Chris Botta NHL. Follow Stefan at Stefan underscore Rosner on the Twitter and also on the Hockey News. Follow myself at Shawnee Hockey. Follow the show at Hockey Night NY on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. For Stefan, for Chris, my name is Sean Cuthbert. We've been Hockey Night in New York. We will see you next week.